Welcome back to the Content Spot Podcast. You are joined by Parker and Aaliyah. And if you're new to the Content Swap Podcast, this is a podcast in which we assign a piece of content at the end of each episode, engage with it for the week, and then we talk about our assignment, assigned contents throughout the episode. So we always like to, before we dive into the content itself, we like to provide a little news update on life and other things, game progress, show progress, what movies have we seen, etc etc so would you like to take it away sure i wrote my updates down because i feel like there's been a lot so let me. wow that's a that is a first (laughs) i know shut up (laughs) no no i mean like that oh that's not what i meant (laughs) you're like usually nothing's going on in your life yeah i'm like what's what's up and you're like "Uh, nothing no, I meant that's a it's a first for one of us writing down the update. Mm, sure, that's a good idea. I never even thought to do that. Yeah, I had to because I was like, I'm gonna forget something. Um, for start, so if you all remember a few episodes ago, I had made a list of shows that I wanted to finish that I had started and just like haven't had a chance to get back to. Um, so far, we finished two things on that list so i finished bridgerton today finally yeah that took forever and i was not dearest reader i know and i was like i was not feeling season two y'all it was just not it for me did you watch the uh prequel show i did watch the prequel i watched the prequel there was a day i think i was doing chores or something and i had the prequel on right before we left to go to uh georgia for the summer um, and I just binge watched it in one day. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed season two. Season two just drug on so long. I was so bored. It seemed pretty clear like who the romantic interest was from the very first episode. I didn't watch all of it. I saw episode one, parts of episode two, and then just little yeah. parts while you were watching it. But it seemed like Yeah. I mean that I mean you know. that's the point. It's like it establishes really quickly like who the romantic interest is. However, the like little back and forth of like we can't be together but we love each other but we can't be together. I I couldn't do it. I was like get over it. Yeah. Just be together. <laughs> it's like everything between point A and point B is just going to be drama. Yes. And you know point B is going to be there. Right. Know? And there just wasn't enough of a like climatic woo they're finally together at the end for me to justify the like annoying whole middle part well i caught that last bit they just <clears throat> the whole woo they're together at the end was just them making in front of making out in front of his yeah. uh, family members well you missed the part where like they have like a little dance well i'm sure you know, yeah you know whatever yeah, yeah. but like but the ending was yeah, it was so lame ma- it was so lame making out on the fields during the croquet match that's after yeah it like sorry cuts, spoilers for like, bridgerton season yeah, two it like cuts two and it's like they got married we don't even see them get married they uh, just cut two lame budget whack shonda rhymes do better <laughs> that was a tip oh, oh okay <laughs> that was intense but um yeah that was eh. all right um, what else but the bear season two. Oh yeah we just uh, finished that today chef's kiss no pun intended no yeah so pun, pun intended pun intended <laughs> so freaking so good. good so stressful we were watch. we've been watching it in the morning like right when we wake up like at 6 30 in the morning yeah and i don't know if i'm just 
naturally like lately feeling that stressed to that early in the morning or if that show is doing it to me you know i would like i'm like Ugh, just like on edge yeah you know i kind of like, like it my though. blood pressure goes up i kind of like it because it wakes me up because like you know we've been getting we've been trying to get back to our early morning routines like right. trying to ease ourselves into waking up at 6 a.m in the mornings again and this is i feel like this was a good show because like it feels like i'm waking up for a shift you know to work with these people yeah and that, that kind of energizes me yeah but it almost for me it like makes me emotionally exhausted to then actually go work a shift <laughs> for eight hours that's true i have had more of a break yeah <laughs> i just get to chill the rest of the day yeah but, so i i get that yeah. like i felt like i was watching it and i was getting inspired or like you know i was, I was thinking about how can I take these lessons that these characters are learning and apply them to my own life? And that I felt like I should have been paid for that time. <laughs> fair. That's very fair. Oh my God. The character development yeah. in season two is just so great. It, no, it, it really was phenomenal. I like, I, I uh, started to cry a little bit more times than I could count. Oh my gosh, I, yeah. Every time, any any show, when there's character development like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just you can't help but feel a tear come out of your, yeah. your eyeballs. Even characters that I like, I liked but didn't necessarily think I were, were going to be a big part of the story or like that I would care about. Like, for example, his sister, Natalie, like season one, I was like, she's just there. Like, I don't I don't I didn't ever expected her to have a, a very role, the role. role yeah. Season two, yeah, I never expected that. And I didn't expect to like her. Yeah. And I loved her this season. And I was so interested in like her, more about her and like yeah. her kind of role in their family i think they just fleshed out everybody's backstories really well they did and that added to i guess the emotional weight of specific moments that happen and you just kind of you know everybody's personality at that point so when yeah. certain things happen you're just like especially when they happen to somebody or somebody's in a precarious situation where mm -hmm. Maybe they're a little more innocent hearted and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. this is really hard for that person. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so good. Some great moments. Yeah. So good. And great soundtrack too. Great, great music throughout. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. All right, um, what else? What's up? On the season boys. two of The Boys. Yep. yep. Getting through that. Homelander's weird. So weird. Yeah. Ugh. So last... Last time we recorded, how many episodes had you watched? Like, what, one or two? I think only, like, one and a half. Okay, and now you're on the second now, season. Yeah, now I'm on season two. Yeah, okay. Homelander's weird. So strange. What a strange man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's three seasons total of The Boys. Yeah. If you're not familiar with The Boys, it's the superhero show that's kind of, like, really dark and violent, and yeah. the superheroes are kind of the bad guys. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, Homelander, the, the the Superman equivalent. He's a different character. kind of. He yeah, he's a different strange. breed of. Yeah, he's. Mm. Like there's like corrupt. There's like, you're just a bad person. He's like. He needs a therapist. Just just <laughs> just well yeah. Just wait till you finish season three. Oh god. There's just like there's this commentary there that is just. Fills you with dread. Ugh. 
goodness. That show, that show stresses me out more than the bear does. Wow. Uh, well, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Um. Anyway, outside of that, today I played Vinba. A video game? A video game. You played the whole game? The whole game. It's so short, babe. How, how long? I think it only took me like two hours. Wow. If that. Oh. Maybe not even. <clears throat> that's that's a that's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so short. Entirely too short. It's a very beautiful story. The it's kinda like it reminds me of if anyone's ever played a little to the left, it kinda has that a similar look. The art style. Yeah, the art style is kinda similar to that. And also the mechanics. So it's a cooking game, but the cool thing about it, which we were listening to when we were driving Kit and Krista podcast. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, the Kit and Krista podcast was Krista was playing. Yeah. And Krista mentioned this, but I like didn't like really like think about it, but uh until i started playing it i was like oh this is what chris was talking about and um the cooking is different from other cooking games to where it's like it's basically like a puzzle yeah and you kind of just have to figure out the puzzle because like you have pieces of a recipe you've got to figure out the whole recipe you got to figure out like the order in which ingredients go so you're kind of just throwing things together and then it'll like the you play as the mother and she's like no that's not it and we'll like take out your ingredients and you got to start over and and it's really interesting and really fun and just yeah i just this and the story is like it i almost cried like <laughs> like wow. playing the story it's a really From just a two like, hour experience that's pretty yeah it's just um, filled with emotion in such a small amount of time wow um and so yeah i don't know i really enjoyed it it was a good game. I'd be down to play that sometime. That sounds great. Yeah, maybe I'll assign it. I'm yeah. I'm surprised it took you two hours to complete. Um, given they announced it at a Nintendo Direct like a while ago, it must have just must have been a long development or like a mm. small development team. Yeah, no, it was super short. I'm, I'm trying to think of like the exact time it took me. I don't know. I, I probably could look, but yeah, because I was like, I was planning on playing that game for the whole day. And, like, literally I finished and was like, it's only 2 o'clock. <laughs> I was like, so I guess I'll just crochet and, yeah. like, watch a movie. That's nice. Um, yeah, so it, it was super short. I wish I would – oh, my gosh, and the food. I want it to come with a cookbook. I'm like, can they give me, like, a little downloadable cookbook with these recipes? I'm sure somebody will make something yeah. at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope because that food looked so good. And like the sounds, yeah. the sounds of like you like put stuff in oil and like fry it. And like it's that sizzling sound. You see the you see the pops and the crackles of the oil. It's just great. Wow. Yeah. It was a good experience. Cool. Yeah. So. Anything else? What's going on? Um, no, I mean, some things that we did together, we saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We did. We saw, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Loved it. The latest in the Ninja Turtles franchise. Yeah. Well, the, the latest reboot, <laughs> reboot number 12, I think. Like, yeah. Some ridiculously high number. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Yeah, it was amazing. That was, uh, yeah. I, it made me really realize how much I love the ninja turtles yeah you know like i always knew i loved the ninja turtles loved the original movies mm-hmm. loved the 2003 show yeah i mean i didn't even know there was a show yeah i enjoyed the michael bay movies when they came out um <laughs> with megan just, fox yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and will arnett's in it too wow um, yeah it's 
I, I mean, those movies. Those. Oh, I should have signed that. <laughs> you should have signed it because I, I don't think I've seen them. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed them. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different versions of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and that's just fun. And like, I know there's such a deep and rich lore. Yeah, in every single version of it, and it's like you just know. I was well, I was. I bought the uh, the last Ronin graphic novel. It's like this super popular, uh, best-selling uh, Ninja Turtle graphic novel run that came out recently. Yeah. And at the beginning, the intro kind of like introducing, like, you know, like a book will have like a foreword that's written by like somebody else that's not the author that will kind of talk about like how great the story is or whatever, like for the reader. Mm-hmm. Um so that was written by Robert Rodriguez, who's like a, you know, famous, you know, Hollywood guy. Mm-hmm. Um, big big time director, did Spy Kids, Sin City, um, some really iconic movies. Mm-hmm. Even Sharkboy and Lava Girl, he did that. Uh, um, love it. <clears throat> a cult classic. Robert Rodriguez is so interesting because he's made like really violent movies like Machete, but then he also made like Spy Kids for, <laughs> for his kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the foreword, he talks about how the Ninja Turtles, uh, he first experienced them when he was younger, not like a child, but like mm-hmm. he, he kind of had heard that like this, these graphic novels were coming out and then it became a movie and he got to see like a word of mouth early screening. Mm-hmm. And then as his kids grew up, they each experienced like their own mm-hmm. generation of, Ninja, of Turtles. Ninja Turtles. That makes sense. And then he would listen to them debate about like which, which one's was better. the best. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's fun. Yeah. So is the Ninja Turtles movie, the first one that you showed me that we watched together. Yeah. That's, is that's, that the very first movie? That was the very first movie, yeah. Okay. I liked that movie. Yeah, I love those those first three movies yeah. where they've got like the dudes in the rubber suits. Yeah. Are fantastic. <laughs> the rubber suits. Yeah. It, those, I love those movies. Yeah. Um, we watched the first two together. We saw we both, two of them? Yeah, we watched two of them. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I, I like the, the second one's my favorite. Um, I, I only remember the one with Vanilla Ice. That's the second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't watched the third one yet. That one's. Oh, uh, let's watch it. That one's Isn't it on Max? Maybe. I think it's so. not as it's not as good. It's kind of the story's different. Oh. Yeah, but it's it's still it's still good. Like I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, Ninja Turtles is great. Anyway, so I've been reading the Last Ronin. Well, I I mean I bought it. I haven't really started it. I've read the first three pages, mm-hmm. but that one's about like. It takes place in the future. It's mm-hmm. kind of like post-apocalyptic take on Ninja Turtles where yeah. there's only one Ninja Turtle left alive and you don't even know which Ninja Turtle it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. See, the only thing about that, though, is like, I don't like serious Ninja Turtles. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's... I think it just speaks to the strength of the property that they can do both. Yeah. You know? They can experiment. Yeah. They can they can have like the fun kitty version and then they can have like Ugh, it's not kitty. The dark well, I mean <laughs> like Nickelodeon shows, you know? Uh Whatever. and then they can have like the dark yeah. gritty version where like, Oh, the Ninja Turtles are dead. Oh my gosh. What. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's just a great it's just a fantastic property. 
Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, go see that movie, Mutant Mayhem. It's really, really, really well made. Yeah, it's fantastic. Those kids who voiced the turtles did a great job. I hope to see them. I hope they make more of these. I'm sure they will make more of these. Um, oh, yeah, like sequels? Yeah. I think they will. They they kind of like teased a sequel at the very end. Yeah. I, I saw a post on social media. I think it was done by one of the animators or, or somebody that works as an animator that was appreciating a scene. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of those first scenes that was a long take of yeah. just the four kids interacting and joking with each other mm-hmm. and it just like the camera never cut like it was mm-hmm. never a it was never a new take like even for the audio it was just the kids like just constantly yeah. joking for like over a minute yeah and they they talked about how that like that's so hard to do in animation like getting that authentic performance from that yeah. many voice actors yeah like having fun like that and then animating it yeah um yeah, I just That's loved awesome. that. Yeah. I know. They seem like they're like genuine friends. Yeah. Just like hanging out. Yeah. Like this doesn't even seem like a job. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's just like them messing around and then they got a great movie out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I would love to watch that movie again. I would too. It was really good. Yeah. Just perfectly casted. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Uh not that i can think of okay how about yourself uh i don't yeah i don't have much more to add still playing games (laughs) i haven't had a ton of time this week to play any games but last weekend i did make a little bit of progress in each of them i think Mm -hmm. i haven't really been playing much pikmin 4 i've been really enjoying this game chained echoes i played it a lot in the mornings last week Mm-hmm. And I've just got really, really into it. I wasn't sure about it at first, but then once I really sat with it and I noticed that there's just all these really great quality of life features. Like it's, I really enjoy the kind of like pixely classic RPG feel, mm-hmm. but going back to games that were made in that era, like the quality of life is just like the user experience is just generally mm-hmm. like not the best, mm-hmm. or there's just a lot of like tropes that are historically known to be very frustrating that uh, like either in gameplay or the story. And this one's much more mature and then they just kind of, yeah, they, they took all of the pain points and they made them, they just kind of wiped them away. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been really enjoying it. The story, the story's not bad. I'm more invested in that game story than I am the Final Fantasy 16 story at the moment. Um, Final Fantasy 16 is just, yeah, all over the place right now. Um, yeah, so ch- Chained Echoes, if you're into the, in, if you're listening and you're into that kind of like classic RPG experience, but you don't want to be like all the time, um, like having to heal your party after in between battles and stuff, like you're, yeah, this game's got you because this game you're healed up at the beginning of every single battle, which is like I didn't think that I would like that, but it really just takes micromanagement out of it and i can just enjoy the experience without having to like sift through menus all the time mm-hmm. um but yeah i did play a bit more final fantasy 16 you watched me play some of that while i was playing it and what did yeah. what was your take on what you saw 
Was, I had this massive battle, but there was a lot of other stuff too. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of nothing, and then there was a whole bunch of everything. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it really bums me out. <laughs> and all of those periods were very long. Yeah, yeah. I will say I was pretty happy with like when everything was happening. Mm-hmm. I was I was happy with the length of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't too short. It was like pretty good. But I will say even I'm enjoying watching the game more than I am playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like watching the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they I mean they've just an incredible job making cinematic moments very cinematic mm-hmm. uh, the graphics are on 10 mm. the effects are on 10 the camera angles are awesome um the sound and the music is on 11 and but then the gameplay i'm just I'm, I'm, i said a million times at this point i'm just doing the same combos over and over and over and over and over again and it's like oh how am i supposed to do this for like 40 hours yeah, you're like not even you're barely in the through the game. I'm I'm like right? s- I'm two thirds done. Oh, according still, according like to you, my PS5. Feels like you've been playing that thing forever. I know, and I'm like, there are some games where the time just flies by. Mm-hmm. Like the new Zelda, put 150 hours into that game. Like the time just flew by, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was not hard to accrue like 30 hours and it's like i'm trying to get to 40 hours on final fantasy i feel like i've been i've been in the 20 to 30 like progress range for forever now uh i think i'm like 27 or so hours in Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god two-thirds of the way done like come on Mm -hmm. Ugh. (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's a yeah, it's not a fast-moving 40 hours. Yeah, uh, the game did not interest me, but, I mean, I wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that sucks that you're not enjoying it either. <sighs> yeah, and I'm just too stubborn to say I'm not going to finish it. Like, I, I am, am going to finish it. I have literally been thinking that for like weeks now i'm like i don't know why he just doesn't stop playing it <laughs> i know like, i've just, just i've stop. gotten i've gotten so far there's just there's so many final fantasy games that i have started and not finished yeah and i just i don't i don't want that to happen again while i'm in this like i've been in this headspace for the, for the past like year and a half of like i can't keep quitting games i have to finish the ones that i start yeah and uh, yeah while i'm in this headspace i don't want another final fantasy to to fall off that's understandable yeah i get that's how i am with books Mm. like that's why i like have not picked up a book because i'm still in the middle of this one and i like refuse to give up on it but i also do not want to finish it (laughs) yeah so it is what it is it's just yeah yeah the Final Fantasies that I have finished, I did quite enjoy. But there yeah. are some that I've started. Like Final Fantasy X, I started that when I was like 12 years old. And then I just got stuck. But like that's a game that I would totally go back and I'd play that. There's too many Final Fantasies. Yeah. Like are they that different from one another? Yes. Goodness. Yes. They, they basically just take a completely different approach for each one. 
like different different universe different battle system different characters different characters everything is different except for like the magic the names of the magic spells Mm -hmm. the fact that there are magic spells and like the creatures like chocobos and moogles got you and generally there's crystals involved chaos emeralds no no crystals uh in gotcha. final fantasy 16 they are the mother crystals oh my gosh yeah they it's it's very game of thrones but like i don't know mm. I, they're tr- it's trying to be game of thrones but it's not like it's 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 still final fantasy but i, I don't know hmm. yeah i don't know i just i just wish it was i wish i was having more fun is all yeah that's fair yeah uh yeah anyway those are all the games i'm playing we finished the bear and that's uh that's everything i oh well i did i started reading batman hush which is a comic book that i read like 10 years ago and really enjoyed and i picked that back up and it's putting me in a very like batman mood Mm -hmm. And then we watched Ninja Turtles, which put me in a Ninja Turtles mood. So now I've got a Batman comic book, a Ninja (laughs) Turtles comic book, and I bought the Batman Ninja Turtles omnibus comic book, where it's Batman and the Ninja Turtles together in one story doing their thing. It's sitting right over there. Um, We are going to need another bookshelf. Yeah, I've been buying a lot of books the past week. And we have no more space. Yeah... Don't you just love having books, though? Oh, I love it. That's why I don't get rid of any books, because I'm like, when we get a house, we will have a library. Yeah. I like a dedicated space for reading. But because we don't have that right now, it's like we have like 12 bookshelves. (laughs) Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of the, in this one bookshelf that I am looking at, we are both looking at right now in the bedroom, because we are... (laughs) We're sitting on the bed right now. We're not doing video right now. We forgot yeah. to mention that. We look like the um, grandparents on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this bookshelf that we're staring at, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm seeing what you're talking about. There are a There's, lot of we books. Cannot, yeah, we cannot squeeze another book on there. They just stacked vertically. I'm surprised these cheap bookshelves have not collapsed on me because yeah. I stack them up. I put so much weight on those on those shelves. And yet they stay up. They stay up. They don't like buckle. Yep. Oh. All right. Enough about the bookshelves. Yeah. Let's move on. Yep. All right. Ready to get into the content? Yep. This week's content. We are like 20 minutes in already. No, 20. Wow. How far into this are we? We're already like, we are 26, 27 minutes in already. I mean, these should be short. I literally have like barely any notes for both of them. Really? Yeah. I have a lot of notes for our first one and like nothing on the second one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to jump in. All right. So Go for it. I was assigned Uncharted 4 um, and I forgot to write down a synopsis of Uncharted. So I'm just going to wing it and... You can add details where you feel aren't they are needed, but essentially the game series as a whole. Um, it's a yeah, it's a video game. Right, the video game. It's a video game, and it's a whole series. So there's multiple, obviously, because I played number four in the series. Um, but it follows Nathan Drake, who uh, grew up as an orphan um, with his brother Sam. They both were really into 
kind of exploration and history and treasures and things like that. Um, and once they got older, they started to seek out those treasure treasures um, and make money. Although they always talk about how they don't have money. <laughs> so I'm like, are they really making any money from the treasures they get? Who knows? Well, yeah. In each Uncharted game, there's always like some kind of big discovery to be made. and They're like, they... we could retire with all this money. Yeah. I'm like, well, what happened in the last game? Well, it probably like <laughs> fell apart or something. Like in the, like I can, I don't feel bad about spoiling this because Uncharted 1 came out so long ago and it's such a simple game. They He finds El Dorado, mm-hmm. which what ends up being like, a big golden coffin mm-hmm. and when it opens up like there's like uh i don't even know what to call it it basically like a disease inside of this coffin that mm. like turns people into zombies mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean uncharted 4 is not like that kind of mystical but like yeah, yeah uncharted our charter one was like a little mystical like that and it was kind of yeah. kind of weird but um he yeah. was like, oh, we found El Dorado, but we also need to, like, not sell it to anyone and destroy mm. it, you know? Gotcha. It's like that kind of thing just mm-hmm. kind of keeps happening. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, so, yeah. So, in the fourth one in particular, um, I don't, there's, there's a f- you, you go to a few different places, but I'm guessing the biggest one, Sam needs your help to... Um, his brother yeah. yeah needs your help to what is he trying to do he's trying all to right let me, let me let <laughs> me let me let me explain the synopsis you hop around to different places for yeah. different things so i'm like okay yeah so the uncharted series follows nathan drake he's like modern day indiana jones right and you play as him the whole time but then suddenly you find out in the fourth one he's got this brother. i played a sam for a little bit you did play a sam for a little bit you find out that he's got this brother. Sam was not in any of the other ones. And it turns out 15 years prior, him and Sam were investigating um, Sir Terry Avery. Avery. (laughs) Uh, He was looking for, they were looking for Avery's treasure, the greatest pirate treasure of all time. And they had to get into this Panamanian prison and when they to like find some treasure in that Panamanian prison because it's like a really old prison and on their way out they like he thinks that Sam gets killed it turns out Sam is alive and he's still in that prison Nathan goes on with his life thinking that his brother is dead and then 15 years later his brother pops up his brother escaped from the prison because like this big drug lord uh, who was his cellmate uh broke him out and was like i got you out of prison now go find that pirate treasure you keep telling me about for like why you're even in here in the first place uh or i'm gonna kill you and so he's like brother nate i need your help (laughs) (laughs) and nate's like no i'm out of this game i've got a wife now i got a woman Yeah. yeah um but then he's like okay fine i'll do it it's exciting i'm gonna lie to my wife and i'm gonna help you out but 
we're gonna get the help of my friend Sully. My friend Wa- Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> I know throughout the whole game, I was like, "Is that Mark Wahlberg?" You're like, yeah. "No." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. when does Mark Wahlberg come in? <laughs> in in the movie with Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg plays Victor Sullivan, aka yeah. Sully. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just so funny because Sully in the games is like not He's like so Mark old. Wahlberg at all. Yeah, yeah. He's an old man. <laughs> so they've been they actually had been planning to make a an Uncharted movie for a very long time. So when it was first being talked about as being de- in like in development in the early 2010s mark Wahlberg was gonna play nate yeah mark Wahlberg was gonna play nate and mm-hmm. then enough time passed that mm-hmm. now he was playing sully <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got too old <laughs> makes sense makes sense um yeah so that is what uncharted 4 is about <laughs> um in terms of my thoughts well uh, yeah can you can you talk about like your gameplay experience yeah that's what i'm about to do okay go for it um my thoughts about this game so i really enjoyed playing this game i had a lot of fun i and definitely want to continue playing um i thought about playing after i was done playing Vimba, but i needed a break from like looking at Screens. a screen close to me um so i did not play today but i really enjoyed it so the i played on like a i guess an easy difficulty yeah. because i'm not very good at like moving the camera at the same time of moving my character (laughs) that was one of my notes (laughs) yeah i'm pretty bad at that and i knew this was probably going to be game where i need to like move quickly and get to places very quickly and like i was pretty certain i was going to be chased and things like that so i was like let me do easy difficulty and just help myself out like prevent the frustration um which i think worked well i i like didn't feel frustrated by the game at all like i didn't feel like it was really hard or anything like that but i think because i had it on the easy difficulty that was frustrating for me because it was a little too suggestive it kept oh i feel like the game is like that no matter what really so the game i okay the game is beautiful yeah the scenery stunning it looks amazing. There's so much like greenery and there's so these like cool buildings you're in and all these, these trinkets around and everything like that. And so I, as a curious person, was like, I want to take my time. I want to walk around. I want to see what these things are. I want to just like go. What happens if I go this direction? What happens if I go that direction? And this game had a very linear path and wanted you to stay on that linear path and was like you're taking too dang long follow me follow me follow me and i'm like i don't want to follow you i want to go this way to see what's over here and it would also like when you're trying to figure out like how to do something so i'm a person i do not like people telling me what to do (laughs) i like to try and sit and figure out how to do it myself until i feel like i've exhausted all of my possibilities and then it's like okay i can get a hint or i can have you tell me like how i should start to approach it but this game doesn't give you enough time to like sit and think about it and so i'm sitting there and i'm looking around and then like two seconds later it's like oh maybe you should do this and i'm like oh well i was gonna get there if you would have just I mean, waited there was a part where you knew which direction you were supposed to go and you were like there's no way for me to climb up there 
and there's just this big wooden door and you know you need to get past that wooden door or over that wooden door and you kept thinking i need to climb over the wooden door and there's the wooden door is just sitting right in front of you as like the direction to go in yeah and the that is the moment where the game gives you dynamite like yeah. you literally pick up dynamite in that moment and go, oh hey, dynamite! <laughs> and it you had no clue no, <laughs> that I, you could throw the dynamite at that door. I did not, but at some point I would have figured it out, or at some point I would have yeah. been like, okay, can like can you help me? Yeah, because after like five minutes, Sam goes, hey, you could throw the dynamite. At yeah, the door. <laughs> but like. I'm still just kind of getting a feel for my surroundings because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can also like there's parts in the game where you can move like big objects. And so I'm like, OK, well, maybe I can move something. And there was something that I could move. And I'm like, well, maybe I can move it. I can jump on it. I can like climb over this like hedge or whatever. But like I need the game to let me explore and let me like fiddle around with ways or like let me figure out alternative ways to do things. So like, for example, there's a scene, there's a part in the game where you're in this room and there's like these symbols of the zodiac signs on the wall. And then there's also um, like symbols and numbers of, or there's numbers of bricks like underneath that. And so I see, I get the, I look at the like paper that I'm supposed to find and it says something about zodiac signs and it says Sagittarius. And so I'm like, ah, Sagittarius, December babies. Obviously I need to go to the brick with the 12 on it and I open it and it opens. And you were like, that was not at all how you were supposed to solve that. And I was like, it makes the most sense. And you were like, look at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then the wall had a two and a one, like a one and a two. Yeah, you because you had a Virgo <laughs> symbol and a Sagittarius symbol, which is us, by the way. Mm. Um, I think it was Scorpio. Oh, my bad. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm biased. Um, okay, there was a Scorpio symbol and there was a Sagittarius symbol. The yeah. Scorpio had like an X and the Sagittarius had a two. And so it was XII, like 10 and 12. 12. But you were just like, Sagittarius, 12, boom. I know. <laughs> I was like, perfect. It knows I love Zodiacs. <laughs> like, yeah. 12, December. Love those Sagittariuses. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very good game design if you had to have that pre-existing knowledge in order to solve. That's true. I mean, it would be cool yeah. if like that helped you solve the puzzle early, which I guess in your case, somehow it did. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, no, it would like for people that know nothing about <laughs> astrology, That's they would be true. lost. That's true. But I like I like having the option so that if someone did know that information, yeah. they could also solve it that no, way. No, that I mean that would totally be yeah. pretty cool. So I like the idea of being able to solve problems in multiple ways that might not have been the original intended way. Right. But that plays Zelda. Yeah. Zelda's a lot like that. Yeah, can get somewhere, someone where they need to go. Um, So, yeah, so that was the only thing that I found frustrating was just, like, not really being the hint system? The hints and just, like, not feeling like I didn't have time to really explore. Like, I remember there's a part in the game where you're kind of, like, scuba diving. And I was going forward, and I wanted to go back because I was... I was like, trying you were just to, enjoying scuba. Yeah, I was trying. 
I was enjoying scuba. And I was trying to look at something and it wouldn't let me go back. And I was like, how come I can't go back? And you were like, I think the game's just pushing you forward because you need to go forward. Yeah, you just like got stuck in a current. Yeah. And it was just moving you along. And I was like, no, I hate that. Yeah. I will say the game does have some more open moments later on. Yeah. um, That gives you a bit more opportunity to explore. Especially like just everything's progressively just gets bigger yeah you know throughout mm-hmm. um you know and like the puzzles get bigger like your your little horoscope uh puzzle <laughs> is like yeah you know that's like level one just wait till you get to yeah. level seven um yeah i mean the spectacle just gets a lot bigger it, i mean it's it, it it is a great game um but it, yeah that is a common complaint for like yeah. these bigger triple a playstation games specifically mm-hmm. where the game uh like this was a big complaint when god of war ragnarok came out last year yeah. a lot of people were like uh like the game told me the solution too soon yeah didn't give me enough time to figure it out for myself yeah and like in yeah in god of war's case it's like you always have a companion with you and the companion will be like oh i think you're supposed to do this and And it's like shut up yeah and then (laughs) uncharted 4 it's a combination of that and also just like these little cues yeah i mean the uncharted games have kind of always been like that where it's like oh press l3 to kind of see where you're supposed to go or like after a certain amount of time of you doing literally nothing it'll give drop it'll be like like you need a hint Mm -hmm. um and i mean as a as a as a designer i don't know how you would do that any differently because like at the same time the game is filled with there there's a lot of like subtle carrots kind of throughout the world Mm -hmm. that kind of tell you how you can interact with it like ledges that you can climb on have a little bit of a like a white streak on them yeah and and it's like it's very subtle to make it look like it's blending in with the natural environment Mm -hmm. but it's also there to communicate to you like this is something that you can climb on and uh, me as a gamer that was i'm like super literate in that and i can see that and be like oh i know exactly where i'm supposed to go and it looks great and in your case it's like you you don't have that uh like gaming game gameplay trope literacy Mm -hmm. um to see those things and say like oh that's totally something that i can do Mm -hmm. because like this looks slightly different Mm -hmm. um and I think that like kind of speaks to one how well made the game is that it, like it blends in so well in this game. Mm-hmm. But then like yeah, as a designer, how do you solve the problem of somebody who may not be picking up those cues, mm-hmm. who has no idea how to proceed? Mm-hmm. You, you know, then you build out this complex hinting system, and it allows the player to continue to move forward, mm-hmm. no matter their experience level. Yeah, and I think that does speak to a well-made game. But I think your point is also valid. Yeah. No, I mean, it definitely didn't, like, ruin the experience for me. And there were times that I greatly appreciated it because I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Or, like, I oftentimes get lost in the fact of, like, I forget what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm not fully listening to what they just said or where I get turned around and I lose my like orientation of which way I just came from and which way I need to go so in those moments it can be quite helpful 
Um, so yeah, so I don't think it ruined anything, but I was just, there were times where I was just like, oh my gosh, just like, let me be, <laughs> let me be yeah. and let me explore. I will say it was, it was very interesting to watch you like deliberate and think in those moments before yeah. the game was giving you any kind of hint where like you, you don't know where you're supposed to go mm-hmm. and like I'm watching you and I'm doing such a good job of not telling you what to do. I know you did such a good job. And I'm just sitting there watching you, but in my head I'm like, oh my God, just go there. It's so obvious. <laughs> like there was just, oh uh, yeah, no, I had to be, yeah. I had to be very patient, but it was really interesting to be like, oh, these are like split second decisions for me that for yeah. you, you're like, you're really spending the time to think about and I'm almost, I kind of almost envy that because it yeah. may immerse you in the experience a little bit more. Yeah. And I love, I love to talk when I'm playing a game. I have to talk out loud <laughs> yeah. for everything. So I'm always like, hmm, now what? <laughs> like <Yeah>. out loud. <laughs> um, yeah. Another, so another thing that I didn't love but it it might be because i was on the easy level and you can you can tell me if that's the case Mm -hmm. but no matter what i did i was gonna be successful at the task so like for example when i um aside from like when you're when you're you know jumping from obstacle to obstacle you can fall you can die yeah you did that a few times Okay, we need to tell everybody that. <laughs> yes, I did that a few times. Or like if you're, if there's people shooting at you, you know, after so many shots, you can die. But like. Yeah. In, in, in your case, it's like you could take a lot. I know. Hits. Yeah. Yes. And so, and that's what I was saying. And I was like, maybe this is because I'm on the easy level that yeah. it, it gives, it prolongs things. But like where it really stood out was like, there's a moment in the game where I have to pit pocket someone. And I did a terrible oh. job pit pocketing this. I followed him around for yeah. a solid 10 minutes. I was just, I was so obvious. You and were just I, standing there like staring at his pocket right next to him in his face. Just <laughs> yeah. hovering by this guy. I don't, I don't, I, I think that's the same experience regardless of difficulty. Okay. Because I was like, it's a scripted I, moment. I was know? like, I wish in a moment like this, that it was, you got caught, you know? Like, I wish it made it harder to do this you so might, that you had to get better at doing Like, yeah. so that it I've made only, it more impactful. I've only played this game all the way through once. I've done a second. Like, I've seen the first third of this game, yeah. like, three times now. Because I, I did do it. I started a second playthrough that got about as far as you are now. Yeah. Um, And, uh, I, you know, I never struggled with that pickpocket part. And... <laughs> I feel like if you're a gamer, yeah. it just feels more like cinematic when you do it. You're like, mm. yeah. But yeah, in your case, you just like got up in his face. I couldn't face. get the you're button like, right. <laughs> like, how do I pickpocket this guy? What, like, excuse me, sir. I'm trying to pickpocket you. <laughs> yeah. I know. The button I was trying to press. And Sam kept being like, come on, man. You can do better than that. I was like, literally shut up, Sam. <laughs> you do it. Like, oh my gosh. Um. So yeah, but I yeah I wish I wish there were consequences to my suckiness at some of these. I mean, you things. die, you start over. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say about this game is there's a part in the game where you play Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah. And I had never played Crash Bandicoot before, so this is my first exposure to Crash. First of all, I loved that I was playing a game within a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought that was super cute and just like so fun. Um, and then on top of that, I never played Crash Bandicoot before, but I've heard so much about it. I, in books I've read, they mention it. Like you've mentioned it in podcasts I've listened to. It's, yeah, it's been a mentioned. classic. It's like um, PlayStation's Mario. Yeah. Yeah. So I always heard of it and never played it. And so this was my first kind of like tester of it, of playing it. And it was so fun. And I was so sad that I only got a few tries to oh, like you, play. You barely actually got to play Crash Bandicoot I know. in this game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's, I was like, I did not realize that this is what Crash Bandicoot was. And like, I really want to play. So I really want you to assign it to me one day. Yeah, I have the, uh, the remake trilogy nice on the playstation so yeah we can play that whenever yeah i was having a blast and that little scene was too short i was like let me just play forever yeah it's really like i've never seen a game do that before where it's like the studio making this game said here let's have the characters play our very first game Mm -hmm. and make it just a little moment where they're literally playing a playstation and it takes two was there not a part where we played some sort of game within the game i mean you play all kinds of games within i mean those game. are like mini like not like mini game but like wasn't there, there some was, sort of there was a part where you do find like toys of the characters from uh a way out um, yeah which like we was, played a way out we did i feel like i thought there was like some other kind of like video game within that game i mean there's a ton of video games within that game like there's just a bunch of game things in that game yeah yeah i don't i don't want to spend too much time trying to remember yeah um but yeah okay anything else about the game um no i had a good time i am excited to continue playing i think i'm only like i only made it like 25 percent of the way in yeah still have quite a bit to go but um the shooting i do not like shooter games i do i have a really hard time with it i had a hard time with this one too it was easier than or i was less stressed about it than i think i would have if you were to like hand me a controller during like halo yeah um but still struggled with it i don't know maybe this will help me get better so that i can play games like halo i I mean i thought it was pretty cool that they you because of the difficulty level that you were playing on you were playing yeah. with auto aim on so as soon as you hold l2 to aim the gun it automatically points at someone yeah and that i thought that was like a neat little feature for you know for people that don't enjoy games with any amount of gunplay like that yeah. to just simplify that experience and so then you can absorb like the story and the yeah. spectacle and the just everything else about the experience. How much of the rest of the game is shooting? Because I, I don't, thought it was going to be mostly puzzles, and it's turning out to be mostly shooting. I don't... It's not that much. Okay. I mean, you know, there are combat scenarios where you're punching people and you're shooting people. I would say the other, the other three Uncharted games are, like, way... I mean, they all have puzzles, yeah. and they all have shooting parts. Yeah. Um, and they all just kind of like balance that mm-hmm. but i will say the shooting parts of uncharted games has always been my least favorite part okay. because it's like i don't know it's i would say this game is by far the best game in the whole series um like the 
the shooting mechanics in the first and second one just feel so old now. Yeah. When I played the third one, I was like, oh, this is a little bit better. And then playing the fourth one, it's like, oh my God, it's night and day. It's so much better. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not my, it's not my favorite shooting in a game. Yeah. I just, I want more puzzles. I, th- I only, I feel like I only did the one puzzle and like so far all it's been is like me beating up people and me shooting at people. And yeah, you've also had, like pit pocketing and like jumping on. You've buildings. done a lot of climbing, yeah, yeah, a lot of climbing. But like, I want to use my brain more. Yeah, you know. And I feel like well, that's... you're you got auto aim on. You'd be using your brain if you were actually aiming. <laughs> no, but like I mean, like I want to solve things, especially yeah. like especially when it's centered around treasure, yeah, finding yeah. treasure. It's like I no, want to figure it out. You've only had like one real treasure puzzle yeah. solving experience so far. Like if you keep playing it, like it gets okay. It gets more complicated. It gets bigger. Like there's you like slow down and you're like, how am I supposed to solve this? There's okay. there are moments like that. Good. Um and like Uncharted the the bundle that I bought mm-hmm. for the PS5 um is Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy which is like the expand alone game that they made after 4 that follows uh where you play as Chloe. Um I was like who the heck is Chloe? No, from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you no, know Chloe. You know yeah, Chloe. Yeah, yeah. Um so you play you play as Chloe specifically in mm-hmm. that uh in that game and there is a sequence in that game where you are just on like a big open map mm-hmm. and you have to like kind of go to these bases, take out some people, solve some puzzles and you don't have to do everything in that map. But if you do, then you get like a special item mm-hmm. that then like alerts you when there's treasure nearby. To, mm-hmm. It makes it like rewards you by making like finding treasure a little bit easier. Cause you did a fantastic job finding treasure throughout this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last, the only time I played Uncharted 4, I did not find much treasure at all. Mm. Um, Look at me. And I do love, what I do love about these games and the fact that they're made by Naughty Dog is that like Naughty Dog is making it a very cinematic experience, but they're also not forgetting their roots. And um, like collecting that treasure then gets you things like you can in future playthroughs like change what outfit nate is wearing in any Mm. scene or you could just be playing as a different character or you could like get special guns Mm. or you can turn on cheat codes or like color filters there's like a cell shaded Mm -hmm. filter um that you can just put all over the game and like uh the jack and daxter games had that uh crash bandicoot not really so much but like yeah the crash and the the jack and daxter games like having those cheat codes was kind of like one of my favorite things. Um, and it's like, you know, it doesn't require like hacking or anything. It's like the game designers are saying like, here, have fun. Like you're, you're, you're really playing our game and we want you to keep enjoying it. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Finding the treasures doesn't allow him to retire though. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a really well-made game. There's just so many, like, subtle use of... There's a very subtle use of, like, lighting and just mm-hmm. different cues to kind of point you in the right direction outside of the game just telling you. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think, having spent more time thinking about design the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, I was just... I was kind of blown away while watching you play it. It's, it's really well-made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does a really good job of, like you get put in a lot of different kind of like situations where the buttons you're supposed to be pressing are different. Like if you're rappelling down a rope, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you're supposed to hold L1 and then press down. Mm-hmm. And the game does a really good job of like reminding you of those things. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, in case you forgot, mm-hmm. this is how you do this. Which I always forget. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, wow, a game that you can play. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's a game for dummies. <laughs> I'm just being facetious. Um... All right. Anyway, I have a bunch of notes on the development of this game, if you'd like to hear them. Yeah. Hit me with it. All right. So, Naughty Dog made this game. Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog. Uh, Naughty Dog made this game. So, after they made Uncharted 2, they separated the studio into two different teams to work on Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us 1. So, Amy Hennig was the creative director of the first three games, and Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley did their own thing working on The Last of Us. So, development on Uncharted 4 began in 2011 after the release of Uncharted 3, um, and Amy Hennig and Justin Richmond, who was the game director, um, I believe he was the game director on maybe the first three games, or at least on Uncharted 3, um... Amy Hennig and Justin Richmond left Naughty Dog in March 2014 after three years into developing Uncharted 4. And so because of the success of The Last of Us, having been released in 2013, uh, Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley took over the development of Uncharted 4. And there were some reports initially that Druckmann and Straley had forced out Hennig and Richmond but the company's co-presidents denied these claims having been the case. Um, but uh, Druckmann and Straley taking over the development of the game changed a ton. Uh, so they ended up having to scrap about eight months worth of Amy Hennig's work that she had done on the story. And they ended up changing the direction of the game story to be the final installment of the franchise because they felt like there was nowhere else for these characters to go. Um, and like, especially given, given their work on the last of us, like you watch the show. So you kind of know some of the themes that are going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like given their work on the last of us, where the last of us really made the player think about their actions and like, you know, you're killing other human beings in this game. And that's kind of like, you know, not, something that should just be done willy-nilly and you should be thinking about that Mm -hmm. um it makes sense that they would kind of take this stance that like oh yeah uncharted is a game where like yeah you're modern day indiana jones and you gotta like solve puzzles and find treasure but you're also murdering a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the process and like and nathan drake never is like oh man i just killed like 30 people he's just like okay that was stressful all right what next sully and mm-hmm. so like it, I, I think it makes sense like and that's just an artifact of like it being a video game that mm-hmm. was made when it was made mm-hmm. and um i <clears throat> i think it makes total sense that these guys who just made the last of us would be like all right like wrap it up let's wrap things up mm-hmm. and we could also like end things in a pretty meaningful way if we take this approach um and let's just you know put the franchise to rest which yeah. honestly i think was a great move um that makes sense <clears throat> so there were very significant story changes they were running on an extremely tight schedule mm-hmm. it was already three years into development um 
And because they were working on a tight schedule, it resulted in changing all this work. It resulted in an extended crunch schedule of 12 hour work days, which caused a huge turnover rate uh, with employees at the company, which uh, was reported by Jason Schreier, who was working for Kotaku at the time. Now Jason Schreier works for Bloomberg. I bring up Jason Schreier because he is one of the best game reporters in the business and has written multiple books about video game development, including Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is a game I've brought up to you, or which is a book, book. I've brought up to you many times, um, in which he detailed, like he had, there's a whole chapter in that book detailing the development of this game mm-hmm. because of this whole story of like, the, the original creative director like left these new guys came in they decided to change the whole thing up and then it was like just crazy crunch 14 of the 20 non-lead designers mm-hmm. uh who are credited in the game left the company after the game was launched which looked like you know that's like 70 percent of your team yeah. uh leaving um and bruce straley also left the company as he was one of the co-directors and he left the company after they released the game and it like everybody was extremely proud of the work that they did mm-hmm. um on the game mm-hmm. like bruce straley was like i don't think we could do another one of those be like because we've done it now mm-hmm. and almost to say like you know why on earth would we do that again mm-hmm. um and you know, I mean, the game was released in May on May 10th, 2016, and it really is like one of the more infamous development stories in the industry. Um, and Naughty Dog would later, like their whole team focusing their efforts towards The Last of Us Part Two after Uncharted 4. Um, like The Last of Us Part Two also had a very notorious extreme crunch schedule towards the end of development. So like supposedly they're working on this new last of us kind of like multiplayer experience game Mm -hmm. and they put out a statement recently about like you know they're taking their time uh for the you know it's for the for the good of their employees and for the good of the game um which is good it's good to hear but it it is one of those like forewarning stories about like working in the gaming industry yeah i just like it's so commonplace to hear in the gaming industry that like things are always on such a tight deadline they're always behind the employees are working literally 24 7 they're not going home they're sleeping in their cars whatever like why (laughs) like why is this not if it's if when when deadlines are being set for these products why are they not being set for such more time like if you like oh i think it'll take us a year to make this game to be on the safe side let's say two years because like we always run into this issue where we're like no, nah, we're we're not ready and it's already that year or whatever. Like I just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And why if you don't if you say two years and you come up on the two years and you're still not ready, I mean I get it's like money. Like everything comes down to money. Yeah, consumers are impatient, especially in the gaming industry, and it is really hard to get your product like noticed now that there's like such oversaturation. And I think especially with these games being first-party PlayStation games, like developed for PlayStation by PlayStation, 
there is a pressure to like get these things out on time and like within the current console generation um like uncharted one two and three all came out on the ps3 Mm -hmm. and then uncharted four and the last of us well actually uncharted one two three and the last of us came out on the ps3 generation and then that's like one game every two years and it was easier to do one game every two years because the production values weren't at the level that they are now but now with the production values being so high and there being multiple different departments and it being like it's no longer a question of can you do it it's just like you know do you have the resources to do it with Mm -hmm. the technology that we have now it's like it it is no surprise to me that i mean like naughty dog only released two games on the ps4 generation as opposed to four games during the Mm -hmm. ps3 generation it was uncharted 4 and the last of us part 2 both were like which uncharted 4 came out at the beginning of the PS4's life cycle and Last of Us Part 2 came out at the end of the PS4's life cycle mm-hmm. and uh, like if they if they didn't do that um then they miss out if they if they make The Last of Us Part 2 like a PS5 game at that point then they miss out on all the people who own PS4s that wanted to play The Last of Us Part 2 it's like it, there's a business to it and uh, I'm not say I'm not in support of that crunch culture, but mm-hmm. I can understand like the conditions of the industry that led to these development stories, mm-hmm. and it's ugly. Yeah, I get it. It's just I don't know, and maybe this is a bigger issue with just like consumerism as a whole, and right. just like us as consumers constantly needing 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 to at the expense of like everybody's well-being (laughs) yeah like i don't know i feel like i i don't know i feel like me i'm just a person i'm like i want these companies to take their time take their time really craft something that's of such good quality i can wait at the end of the day, I'm not going to die to not have this thing in the next year. It's not going to kill me to not have this movie in the next four years. It's not going to kill me to not be able to read this thing or do this thing in yeah. this many years. Like, I can wait. I What I don't want is there is a rush to get it out. And so what comes out is crap and, like, a waste of time. I don't want people being mistreated right and because there was a crunch to get something out like it's just i don't know i I feel like there just needs to be such a big shift in the way just like everything and i don't even mean just games like the gaming industry entertainment as a whole there just needs to be a whole shift i mean gaming especially is tough i mean yeah movies they can they can get a movie made in a year, two years, you know. I mean, mm. the, but nowadays, like the VFX like, artists yeah, like are being way overworked, yeah. which yeah, not good. That's bad, right? But in gaming, especially, like there's just so many different departments. Like you're basic, you are a tech company at that point, you yeah. know. And uh, there's so many different levels of talent that have to go into that 
and it's like and it's a long process like you have like an engineering department yeah um and there's also this pressure because it is like a technological experience Mm -hmm. there's i imagine there's got to be this pressure of like if we wait too long the technology will be advanced yeah what we have is like yeah like somebody else will have made a better version of this game instead yeah yeah that's fair that's tough but i think we're now kind of at like a healthy point as far (laughs) as like the tech innovation side goes where it's like you can make whatever you want everything is going to look good yeah no matter what um yeah it's just a matter of like what's your vision it's not Mm -hmm. there's no limitations in place anymore yeah but yeah kind of like do things do things need to look absolutely amazing because like i mean this game yes (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure because this is like a true as far as games go uncharted 4 i i really look back on this game fondly because it feels it really feels like a blockbuster gaming experience like it feels like that movie that you're like waiting to see mm-hmm. you know the new mission impossible whatever it is like yeah. it's you know it's gonna blow your socks off and like this game is so cinematic like if you go back and you play uncharted one two three you'll be like this is not nearly as like well put together mm-hmm. like uncharted four is uncharted four just has so much going on it's yeah. every you know every moment feels curated and that like i mean they did a good job what can i say yeah that's true uh well i should i get into some post-release facts (laughs) sure (laughs) just some accolades Mm -hmm. um so this game released to near universal acclaim it has a 93 on metacritic um which is very high it is it was praised for its humanistic approach to storytelling and is considered an achievement in making full use of the PlayStation 4's uh, like technical improvements to the, uh, to benefit the environment and gameplay design. Um, and yeah, it's considered like a true blockbuster in video games. It's just like a very well-rounded experience. Nice. Um, it was the fastest-selling first-party PS4 game with 2.7 million units in its first week, and over the course of the first three years, it sold 15 million copies, which is a lot. It won multiple Game of the Year awards from several media outlets, but it did not win Game of the Year at the Game Awards. It did, however, win the BAFTA for Best Game, BAFTA being the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. They're kind of a big deal um at the game awards it lost to overwatch that year which mm-hmm. overwatch was a very big deal that year mm-hmm. so nice. yeah those were all of the notes that i had wow um did you have any questions about like or observations about uh, i guess things that you noticed in this game that may remind you of things that you saw in the uncharted movie well yeah the whole auction scene was literally the whole auction scene in the movie um yeah (laughs) i'm sure there's other things i just can't think of them right now good good observation (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the Uncharted movie, the like the plane sequence was a big part of Uncharted three. The auction yeah. scene was in Uncharted four. Yeah. Him having a brother in the movie, like that's an Uncharted four thing. Mm-hmm. I hope they make more movies. Honestly, I like the movie. I yeah. thought it was cute. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not a great movie. No yeah. one expected it to be it a great movie. It was considered a success. Yeah. And I hope they make another one. Same. And I think the longer they wait, honestly, the better. Because <laughs> Tom Holland will grow up a little bit and look a little bit more like actual Nathan Drake. I like young Nathan Drake. Makes him more... The internet may not agree with Makes me care you. about him more when he's like, you know, as a young, young guy, him now, like... As his older self, I'm just like, eh, just stay home with your wife, you know? Well, why, that's why are you out here? That's like the <laughs> that's the theme of Uncharted Four. You know, he's younger in the yeah. other three games, but yeah. Uncharted Four, it's like he's older. What's he doing? He's got a wife. He shouldn't be out doing this. Yeah. They um, they really tried to like put a focus on his relationship with his wife in this game that you haven't gotten to see to fruition. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Cool. If you're interested in Uncharted 4, go check it out. It's on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my assignment for this week, we'll see how long this takes. <laughs> I was assigned a movie called Bachelorette. And Bachelorette came out in 2012. It focuses on three friends. Did I say it was a movie? It's a movie. It focuses on three friends played by Kirsten Dunst, Lizzie Kaplan, and Isla Fisher. And their friend, who is played by Rebel Wilson, is getting married. And they're all shocked. They're like, oh my gosh, she's getting married first. But she's like a little bit bigger and people used to make fun of her a lot in high school like why is she getting married first yeah it's like not yeah they suck big time like they're not good friends like throughout the movie they're not good friends they're making fun of her her size is constantly being brought up yeah it's like her defining character trait and uh it gave me the ick i didn't like that yeah it's super uncomfortable to watch yeah so Kirsten Dunst, to to get into who their characters are a little bit, Kirsten Dunst, she's the maid of honor for this wedding. Her whole focus is just to make sure that things go off without a hitch. She's a bit crazy, and everybody knows. (laughs) Lizzie Kaplan's whole thing uh, is that she feels like uh, everything since high school has been like a never-ending concert that she's at, where she's just going with the flow all the time. And she had a boyfriend in high school who got her pregnant. She ended up getting an abortion. She's no longer with that boyfriend. But that boyfriend is played by Adam Scott. And he's a groomsman at this wedding that they're going to. Now, Isla Fisher, there is just one thing to know about her character. And that is she is a loose cannon who likes to party. And that's all there is to know. And I guess she works in retail. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, confessions of a shopaholic, I guess. <laughs> I love Confessions of a Shopaholic, though. <laughs> I, I have not I have not seen it. Oh, my gosh. I need to add it to the list. <laughs> um, so these three are showing up for the wedding. And, you know, they, like, 
you know, they're trying to go to the events, but every t- like there's a reception dinner, rehearsal, dinner. rehearsal. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> there's a rehearsal dinner, and they are just like too messed up, and they just say dumb stuff, and it's like not good, and um, like there's yeah. So like later in the night, that same night. This is all the night before the wedding. Um, they decide to like mock how big the wedding dress is together. And so they mock how big it is by two of them getting inside of the dress. And, oh, wouldn't you know it, they accidentally ripped the dress. And so the focus of the movie then for the rest of the time changes to these three dummies and bad friends needing to fix this wedding dress uh, before the night ends while the groom and the groomsmen are also like having their bachelor party like the same night um which is like weird timing it is like i wonder if people do that like you see in movies people do their bachelor or bachelorette party the night before the wedding do they yeah like think of like uh in the hangover because in the hangover doesn't don't they do the uh, bachelor party and then he's like late for the wedding or something like that? They're like trying to get him back to get to the wedding. That's right. It was like a day or two before yeah. the wedding. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, I feel like sometimes movies just do that to try to and make it stressful. Make so it stressful. Like, Are they going to yeah. make it to the wedding? But I guess one could technically have their bachelor party before I think the one wedding. would be not smart to do that. Right. <laughs> So, these three friends, you know, they're they're out and about in New York City. They're trying to get a dress from the bridal shop, but, like, none of the dresses are big enough. Then they realize that Isla Fisher is, like, Rain Man with sewing, and she knows how to sew. So, they're like, oh, we need to get her to sew the dress, but they don't have a sewing machine. Then they realize that Lizzie Kaplan's ex-boyfriend, who's currently at the strip club for the bachelor party has a mom that used to design costumes for the school play and she lives in the city. So they all go to the strip club to like find him to get his mom's sewing machine. But his mom in the end ends up being the one to fix the dress in the first place. So it was like, why did we even bring up that Isla Fisher had the ability to sew? Yeah. It was basically to show because in that moment she like says all these really like she says all these things about like fashion that like only an expert in fashion would know and they're like oh my gosh like basically and i don't mean this this is not worse coming out of my mouth they're like you're not completely dumb like you know something and like you're really good at fashion yeah so like i feel like that was the only reason why they put that in there okay um, well, they get to the strip club. Lizzie Kaplan and her ex-boyfriend end up like having an interaction. They end up going like she gets him to take her to his mom's house with the sewing machine. While they're there waiting, uh, they hash some stuff out. They end up hooking up, um, and the mom fixes the dress. Meanwhile, Isla Fisher is not hooking up with this like super nice guy groomsman who really likes her but she doesn't he doesn't want to be shady to her because she's all messed up she's on multiple substances throughout this movie um so she's like she's like trying to 
hook up with him and he's like no that would be wrong um and then meanwhile kirsten dunst is just like on damage control with the bride and like trying to keep her occupied while they're trying to get the dress fixed um it's all one big mess inevitably like there's some stuff that happens it's like i not really worth mentioning honestly like just things happen and they solve it and the dress gets fixed and everything works out and lizzie kaplan and adam scott very awkwardly get back together at the wedding and everything is fine and that's the end of the movie (laughs) is that what your thoughts so my thoughts um i did not like this movie i don't blame you i thought it was a bad movie it is very bad um it's chaotic it's problematic it's uh the characters have no redeeming qualities uh things will just happen and uh there's just like tons of just i felt dumb watching it you know (laughs) i felt like the movie thought that i was dumb yeah like it wasn't like like why bring up isla fisher's whole sewing thing just to have her not be the one to sew or why have adam scott like at the wedding make this whole speech about like oh i you know i love that girl over there and then like play an inside joke song to like try and woo her when it's like dude like today is not about you and your love life situation like we're here to celebrate these two people that just got married so why like i my brain is not so turned off Mm -hmm. while watching this movie that i'm just gonna be like oh you know like during i'm i'm like no like that's dumb why would you do that dude every single person that's not rebel wilson and her husband are so self-centered yeah oh and joe joe's joe's well, not i like bad. joe joe's yeah great. joe's yeah. not bad joe's joe's the one that Ella fisher was with yeah, yeah yeah um they are all so self-centered it's just like so terrible just horrible horrible people yeah yeah i mean i chuckled a couple of times yeah uh watching it um but i just like overall i i really ended up wondering like why was this made at all um (laughs) yeah who uh, it's just like not good writing it just Mm -hmm. feels very like Mm -hmm. like why did all these people sign up yeah to be in this movie yeah um the 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 problems just seem so obvious yeah and uh but yeah i mean the writing is just like yeah not good and it just doesn't feel cohesive and um it didn't feel like a good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. Um, like I said, in the when I signed it, um, I had seen this in high school. I don't even know really how I stumbled across it. I it I stumbled across it one day. I used to just like watch random movies all the time. Came across it, decided to watch it one night, and it was just like like you said so chaotic that it just stuck with me and i was like i don't know anyone that's seen this like i don't think i can mention it to anybody and they would know what i was talking about and so it just like kind of just sat in my head for a while um and so then when i was like oh i want to give like a fun like wedding themed movie i was like okay well you got your you know you got the ones that are everyone knows about i was like let me give this one that's just been sitting in the back of my head that no one knows about because like that would be fun 
And then we sat and we watched it and I was like, I regret everything. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I did not remember it being so probably. I mean, I knew I, re- I very distinctly remember I hated every character because I was yeah. like, they it's undeniable that they're terrible human beings. Um, and you're just like, why does Rebel Wilson's character keep these people as friends? Right. It makes no sense. But um, I remember that. But like the things that they say, it's it is a hard it's hard to sit through because you're just like, oh, like mm-hmm. anytime something anytime something comes out of Kirsten Dunst's mouth, mm-hmm. like she just treats people terribly. terribly. Yeah. And it's just so it makes your skin crawl. Um, it's like watching someone yell at like a service worker. Oh, like, yeah that for a whole hour and th- yeah <laughs> and like 30 minutes like and there's uh, there's a wedding planner character and she is awful to her she says like racist, racist things. things yeah it's horrible it's yeah. so horrible um but yeah so i forgot <laughs> i did not remember those those things and so it was definitely hard to watch um but i do have so i don't really have much facts about this movie okay I do have an interesting conversation because I think what makes this movie interesting is the timing of it. So this movie... 2012? Yes. So first first things first, this movie was based on a play that was written by the director of the film, um, and her name is Leslie Hedlund. And she wrote this play back in 2007 um, and decided that she was going to make a movie out of it. And okay. she, so she was working... At the time that she was working on the play, The Hangover came out in 2009. By the time she started to film the movie, Bridesmaids came out. And Bridesmaids, obviously, was this massive, massive success. Yeah. And it kind of was like the movie that gave us the like raunchy, all women comedy genre like as we know it um and so i wanted to ask you i have some questions for you so is it like that the movie just came out too late yes well that's what i want to ask you is do you think had this movie had come out before bridesmaids or even before the hangover do you think it would have been more popular uh um no <laughs> no mm-hmm. i think the premise is hangover like mm-hmm. i mean the premise is it just has to do with like a wedding and these characters like having to fix a dress but like i don't know that doesn't feel like unique like i it wouldn't have felt like revolutionary like you know revolutionary wedding related comedy movie like the hangover or bridesmaids Mm -hmm. were you know Mm -hmm. like uh i mean it's impossible question to answer right Um, yeah but i mean i think this movie would have been as not remembered as it is Mm. even if it had come out earlier interesting see i think that well i think 
this movie ne- this movie never would have been made before the hangover i think uh, yeah I, I just didn't think it was a good movie and yeah, I think that's yeah the difference no i agree it's not a good movie this movie would have never been made before the hangover well and really so in this article that i was reading because I, I decided to do like a little bit of a deeper dive into just like this area of movies um and i mean it's really from what i read it's like really hard it was really hard especially before bridesmaids came out to get raunchy female-led comedies that makes because sense. all these studios are like oh we love raunchy comedies right. we want to see women do it right we like men doing these things because that makes sense that right. men are doing these like raunchy like things. what are seth rogan and his friends doing exactly yeah. so this movie i don't think would have ever come out before hangover um now, if it had come out before Bridesmaids, I think it would have been, I don't think it necessarily would have had like massive success success like Bridesmaids did, mm-hmm. but I definitely think it would have been more known. I think people would have been like, that, that like that crazy movie where like Kirsten Dunst is like doing wild things, you know, like this movie that like women are doing these like wild like having a wild party that's like the hangover i think people would have been talking about that but i don't think it would have had this like stick that bridesmaids did and i don't think it would have led to you know all these other movies that we got kind of that's that stemmed from bridesmaids okay so speaking of those movies that kind of stem from bridesmaids so bridesmaids kind of paved the path for movies like Girls Trip, um, there's a movie called Rough Night. If anyone remembers that, it's I remember it's, that <laughs> with Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon. Um, think of movies like Bad Moms, um, basically anything that Amy Schumer put out. <laughs> um, you have sh- point. you even have shows like Broad City um, that kind of got their footing um, in inter- in the entertainment industry. And so, I mean, that's great for bridesmaids, but. <laughs> bachelorette is not bridesmaids oh no bachelorette is nowhere near bridesmaids bridesmaids i love bridesmaids so i want to ask you. i don't even love bridesmaids like that but like i recognize its value okay i was just gonna ask you like during this time period where we're where we got those movies especially bridesmaids like what did you what were your thoughts like did you go see bridesmaids in theaters like what did you think about it no, I I did not catch Bridesmaids in theaters. I didn't really know about it when it was in theaters. I was I found out about it through like word of mouth in high school, like people talking about it, saying like it's so funny, and like my experience with Bridesmaids like was just that it it got too hyped. It got too mm. overhyped. I had really high expectations when I finally watched it, and then mm. I watched it and I was like, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking back, I'm like, I like, I totally rewatched Bridesmaids. Like, that's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like, yeah, at the time when I first watched it, I just, I was, I think at the time I didn't get it because yeah. I was like, why? What's the big deal? Yeah. Why are people making such a fuss? Yeah, it's just kind of like a normal comedy. But now I can recognize the merits that uh, were going on with Bridesmaids for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with the whole, like, all-female-led comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny, because, like, I didn't... I think at the time, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that it was all-female, because these were actresses that I was so used to seeing on the side. Yeah, and other like things. in SNL and things like that. Right. Yeah. And so, 
it just felt like normal like oh yeah like they're on the side now they're like front and center they're that famous now yeah um but with that i didn't even register at the time like oh wait but this, is, this is an all-female comedy yeah um but now i see that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like honestly i kind of was similar to you because i did not see bridesmaids in theaters either and it took me a while before i ended up seeing it and it was just because like you said everyone was talking about it everyone was like this movie's so funny you have to watch it you have to watch it why haven't watched it yet and i was like okay and so the i think the first time i watched it i also was kind of underwhelmed and i was like that wasn't what i thought it was gonna be but it is now like one of my comfort movies like i don't and like over time it like it like the more i watched the funnier it got which is interesting because i feel like the more i watch all the comedies that i really love the less i find them funny and i'm like this is not as funny as i remembered it i feel like now kind of being older and at that age that's kind of like closer to the characters yeah that like we'll probably be able to relate to their experiences and the comedicness of it all yeah a little more a hundred percent yeah um but yeah but i mean girl like girl's trip i did see that in theaters when it came out i love thought it was hilarious yeah i saw it with a group of friends we thought it was so funny bad moms i did not see in theaters i don't think didn't see it but i did enjoy it the first time that i watched it like i don't know i really enjoyed the this like grouping of uh films that was just like women doing whatever they wanted living unapologetically like being funny i don't know i yeah i appreciated that path and i do i do feel like bridesmaids like really kicked that off um because like i can't think of anything before that 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 was the case in in terms of like raunchy comedies yeah that were just like female-led yeah 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 that's the one yeah um but yeah i just thought i thought this movie had an interesting story bachelorette had an interesting story in terms of like it was written before all of this yeah started that is an interesting story yeah Yeah. but it just kind of kind of got lost somewhere yeah i mean it, it probably just wouldn't have been made yeah and like yeah it feels like, yeah, Bridesmaids had to come out first in order to give this movie a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that the director mentioned in, like, an interview, too, of, like, I mean, I don't think this movie would have gotten made. Yeah. If if there wasn't that kind of, like, tone that was set of, yeah. like, this can be successful. Right. Um, the studios probably just wanted to green light anything that could be, like, Bridesmaids adjacent. Right. Um, my last question for you, and this is not related to the movie, but what do you think we will do at my bachelorette party? Um, that's a weird question. To ask. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to do at your bachelorette party, and I, well, I want to be surprised. Be surprised? I have no idea what bachelorettes do at their bachelorette party. I like, I have no clue, other than yeah. like male stripper, maybe. <laughs> otherwise like i have no idea i feel like that's such a movie thing like does anyone really get a male stripper 
I don't know. Well, I were you just gonna go out on the town have some margaritas, or are you gonna like stay at home and chat and play board games and do your nails? You can, you can do whatever. you I feel want. like I'm just busting out stereotypes. Like that's no. You can always do. I feel like there. Are, I feel like there are two types of bachelorette parties, depending on the personality of your bride. Okay. If you have a bride who likes to have a lot of fun, who likes to go out then you probably are just like bar hopping you know she's got the sash on she's going, oh, that's you know, right. she's going yeah. out they're, they're hopping around they're partying they're drinking they're having a grand time if you have a bride who's more like me who's not necessarily like i mean I, one night yes i would love to go to bars and be like woo but maybe just that one night i can't do that consecutive days in a row no then it's like what's i said <laughs> I don't think you could either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just not, it's not my personality. Then it's more so like you just do fun activities with your friends. So like a getaway where like maybe we have a spa day. We like go do something fun. I don't know. Like like when I went to my friend's bachelorette, when I went to Heather's bachelorette, we just did all kinds of, we did an escape room. We did yoga in the park. We like. That sounds fun. Yeah. We had like massage therapists came to our like Airbnb and like we did face masks. We watched movies. We played games. Like it was just like a fun hangout. And then like, and then one day, one day we did go to a bar in the evening, but. Nice. It was just like chill. Yeah. I mean, all I'm looking for from a bachelor party is just to have my friends and I all together in a room and enjoy being together and everything else is a bonus but there's 100 percent going to be a smash brothers tournament how about it there has to be how about it i'm holding myself to that i even googled like how would i do a seven person smash tournament round robin style easy (laughs) i love this for you (laughs) i want you to have the best smash tournament ever thank you of course. I love Smash tournaments. Yeah. This is your chance. Thanks. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, anything else to say about... Uh, Bachelorette. Bachelorette? Nope. Not a thing. All right. I would say go check it out, but I don't know if I want to do I that. Don't, I don't recommend it, personally. <laughs> yeah. Do not recommend Save it. Save yourself the time. So, like, I was thinking the other day, like, what if we did, like a like a like, a brief review, like, if we had... I guess like words that we use that were like our our branded like skip it or like recommend it or you know mm, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would say yeah. In this case, Uncharted Four would be like a big recommend, and then Bachelorette would be a uh, why does this exist? Yeah. 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 Something that's, like that's that. That's fair. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on to our assignments. Let's move on to our assignments. I'm going to let you go first because you said you were going to give me a show and you said it was good and this is your chance to redeem yourself quickly. Wow. <laughs> Rude. It made for a fun conversation. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. I enjoyed talking about a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know we talked about Bridesmaids. <laughs> um, so I wanted to give you a show. This was a show that had its final season air this month, earlier this month. And I've been meaning to watch the final season. Um, so I want to give you Reservation Dogs. Oh, okay. Very good show. I have seen clips. 
okay. bits. Okay. Bits and pieces. Yep. Yeah. I know enough about it to know what to expect. Got you. All right, cool. Just yep. had its final season? Mm-hmm. Like a planned final season, not like a, oh, it suddenly got canceled? No. It, planned? It like, this is the final season. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, okay, cool. Um, all right. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so my original plan was to give you the Blood, Sweat, and Pixels book, mm-hmm. but we just did a game. That whole book is about game development. I've been meaning to give you that book for a long time. But we just talked about Uncharted 4. There's a whole chapter about Uncharted 4 in that book. It just doesn't seem like the right time. So another time. Mm-hmm. Um, st- also, I start school next week. Uh, well, that was the whole point in giving it to you now was going to be that you had a week off um, to read a book. But I don't, though. You don't have a school? Or, so, what? Oh, I start school Monday. Oh, of next week? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we were supposed to... Today is Wednesday. We were, su- <laughs> we were supposed to record on oh, Sunday. Oh, that's right. Know? That's right. That was that was the original that's, that's plan. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally forgot. Yeah, that was the original yeah. plan. Yeah. We were supposed we to record it, yeah. on Sunday. Um, yeah, it is now Wednesday. We were recording this very late. Like, yeah. We've never recorded this late before. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. That makes me feel better. So, yeah scratch that it's not that's not being done save it for another time so i am going to go ahead and give you a martial arts movie yeah dipping into that list of like 11 martial arts movies that i have to assign you so this week's martial arts movie (laughs) is going to be this is a good one I, i mean i i this is a this is like a top three martial arts movie for me I I don't know if you'll it's very violent. Um it's called okay. The Raid Redemption. Okay. It's just wait, just wait, just wait. Okay. Yeah. I it's a great movie. I really enjoy it. Um Yeah. yeah. Cool. Interesting. You, have you ever heard of The Raid Redemption? Nope. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Just wait. You're like, okay. Uh, but next week you'll be like, well, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to get your expectations up or anything. But this is, it's a great movie. I Yeah, again, top top three. Top three. Sounds good. So we're doing Raid Redemption and next, I did it backwards, next, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Next week will be Reservation Dogs and Raid Redemption. The Raid Redemption. Lots of R's. All right, cool. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We managed to go to like an hour and 40 minutes, I think. Let's wrap this baby up. All right. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Peace. Bye.